These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at Dr-History.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Well, here he is in all of his radiant glory. Uh, He actually was asked by a couple of people that own teams of horses if they could bring him, like the royalty in Britain, right up to the front door and roll out the red carpet, but he drove in in his pickup instead. Good morning, Dr. History. Maybe maybe next week. Okay, we'll wait and see. (laughs) Have you got anybody you want to thank this week? I do. I want to thank Richard. He uh, emailed me, and uh, we talked uh, about Hugh Glass and those that have been attacked by bears. Brian, who gave me the uh, a, a guy by the name of Harry Tracy that I'm going to look up that uh, I think was a mountain man, and he's also he was also thanking us for our Christmas show. Jeff, uh, uh, actually, he's been a listener for many many years, and uh, he told me about a guy named Robert McGee who was scalped. And it had a picture of this guy. They sewed him back up, and he was just fine. Oh, he was just fine. Yeah, he was just fine. He just had how do no you, hair. How do you get scalped and, and end up being, oh, I'm just fine? Well, you know, they sewed him back together. And then Ooh. and then Emerson, he lives up in Alberta, and he thanked us for our Christmas show. But, you know, a few weeks back, we talked about the names of the states uh, and how oh, they yeah, got their names. Yeah, yeah. And so he said Pennsylvania. So pens means uh, okay. woods and sylvan. Uh, uh, pens woods, and in Sylvan mean woods, so Pennsylvania means pens woods. Really? Yeah. Now, was there a gentleman that owned a large portion of land there? Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure how that worked, uh, you know, but it was Penn, pens some woods. guy named Penn. But, really? And then he suggested a couple of stories for our young eight-year-old uh, Glenn, a couple of mountain men, One, and I've never heard of these guys, Joe Cosley and Kootenai Brown. So I'm going to look those guys up and see if I can uh, yeah. get a story on those. So I appreciate the, the hints that I get from, from some of the readers. You know, you have had uh, every week is a kind of an exciting adventure. Where are we going to go today? You're going to recognize this name. Okay. Texas John Slaughter. Oh, yeah. Yes. What a sheriff. Oh, yeah. 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 So this is his story. We need more of him today. <laughs> Texas. Well, he was quite the guy, yeah. you know. Uh, yep. Anyway, he was one of the many Texas uh, drought-stricken cattlemen who drove their herds to the Virgin Ranges of Arizona in the 1870s. He settled in Cochise County and eventually bought the historic San Bernardino Ranch that was right down, it straddled the Mexican border in southeastern Arizona. Really? So he's partly in uh, 
Now, Zeb, that was your phone, not mine. I goofed. I goofed. I goofed. I okay, goofed. all right. So, anyway, Slaughter... I knew you were going to say that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I couldn't pass that up. Well, Slaughter typified the 19th century kind of rawhide, tough breed that settled and tamed the wild southwest border country clear down there by Mexico. He was born in 1841 in a place called Sabine Parish, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, Sabine or Sabine Parish. Anyway, uh, as a baby, he uh, was taken to Texas. His father, Ben, was a cattleman, and he engaged in rounding up wild longhorn cattle in the brush country of South Texas. See, there was a lot of wild cows that had escaped, yeah. and uh, if you could round them up, you could have a herd. But when he was 14 years old, the family moved to uh, Pleasanton in the San Antonio area. And during the Civil War, he joined the Confederate Army, but was mustered out in 1862 because he had tuberculosis. So he was born in 1840. 41. 41, yeah, and so, then he got t- tuberculosis. So at age 21, yeah. Oh. But he immediately enlisted in the Texas Rangers and spent the next few years fighting Indians. So he, he was a... A pretty tough guy right off the bat. So now, at age 30 in 1871, John and his two brothers, Charlie and Billy, gathered some of the wild cattle and started the San Antonio Ranch. But soon he went out on his own. Now, it's said that on cattle drives, he would start out with 500 head, okay? And by the time he reached the market, he'd have some 3,000 head, Wearing his brand. Well, now, 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 now what, wait a minute. What do now, you now, suppose he did? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Here's what happened. Old timers would later say Slaughter's cows were a biological phenomenon because each cow had eight or more calves a year. No kidding. Yeah. It, you know, a, I read amazing. a book about how he did that. <laughs> <laughs> an amazing thing, you know. I wish some of the cattlemen now could have eight or ten eight calves. Eight or ten calves. A year. A year. A year, yeah. Why, that poor old cow. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, there was a different set of rules along the Mexican border. Uh, both the American and the Mexicans uh, dealt with issues in a pretty much a practical way. The head of the Mexican uh, army, the Rurales, was a guy by the name of Colonel Emilio Kosterlitsky. <laughs> he's making him sound like he's from Poland. <laughs> he was a Russian-born... Oh, no kidding! Yeah. He was a Russian-born soldier, and he ruled northern Mexico with an iron fist. No kidding. Outlaws and murderers were seldom brought to trial, but were executed on the spot. Oh, my. He cooperated with American peace officers. He delivered wanted men without going to the trouble of extradition proceedings. No kidding. Just went right at it. Tip your mic up just a touch. Yeah, that? There, that, that was a little okay. fuzzy. Thank you. So, so anyway, Slaughter wasn't shy when it came to bending the rules just a little. He'd notify the border inspectors that he was bringing 15 head of cattle across the line at a place called Guadalupe Pass. And while the inspectors were distracted counting the 15 head, his cowboys would be driving another 100 at another place along the border. Now, just a minute. They were busy counting his 15, 15 head? Yeah, and another, that takes all of about five seconds. Yeah, but... 
they had to be wherever he was. Oh, okay. Now, so stories how Slaughter avoided red tape abounded. Uh, uh, but one time when he was bringing a large herd across the border, he notified the inspectors that a large smuggler train was crossing that night at a certain point along the border. Ooh. Naturally, they were much more interested in gathering a whole bunch of smuggled goods than counting John Slaughter's cows. And not an inspector was in sight when the herd crossed the border. <laughs> He's a pretty sharp guy. <laughs> he was. Now, I'm going to show you a picture of him. Look at that, Zeb. Oh, my gosh. Now, does he not look like a tough character? Uh, he's got a white beard, kind of a goatee type thing. Yeah. And he's braced with a couple of 45s on his hip and carrying a Winchester. Don't mess with Texas That's John. That's right. That's right. Um, anyway, he stood five feet, six inches tall. Not very tall. Really? Yeah. I didn't just know a that. short guy. I didn't know Had that. dark, penetrating eyes. He always believed he was protected by a guardian angel and couldn't be killed. And the many times he stared death in the eye seemed to bear that out. And he said, quote, I'll die in bed, he declared, and he did eventually at a ripe old age. And we'll get to that. <clears throat> anyway, Slaughter liked to play, smoke cigars. In fact, if you look at this picture, he's got a cigar in his hand. Really? Yeah. Uh, and he liked to play poker, and he had a hot temper. I'm okay. not going to say anything. <laughs> he had a curious habit of prefacing his remarks with, I say, I say, for example, if he was in a poker game and suspected someone was cheating, he'd say, I say, I say, there seems to be too many aces in this deck of cards. Uh-huh. That was always enough to end the cheating. <laughs> Permanently. <laughs> Permanently. Yeah. Anyway, he was a product of fr frontier life, uh, you know, a lawless and violent post-Civil War era. He had no problem killing a man if he believed the man needed killing. He packed a pearl-handled forty-four and a shotgun. Some said he was a good man. Some said he was bad. But they all agreed John Slaughter was all man. Slaughter might have killed 20 men or more, but he never said. How many? Really? One of his deputies described him as, quote, a man of few words, and he used them darn seldom. Really? Yeah. Darn. Darn seldom. Yeah, that's what it said. Yeah. <laughs> After he became sheriff of Cochise County in 1887, age 45, he issued a warning to the Rustler gangs, quote, get out or get shot. Most took his advice and left the country. Those who didn't usually wound up as, as it says here, fertilizer for spring flowers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, here he is kind of ambiguous, isn't he? He used to be a rustler, and then he's chasing out well, the other guys. Well, you know, you can play both sides. I see. Anyway, uh, in running outlaws to the ground, he frequently acted as judge, jury, and executioner. Nobody asked questions, but, you know, the law-abiding citizens were glad the undesirables were gone and wouldn't return. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what one guy said. He said, his name is Slaughter, all right, but he wasn't in any way the sort of man we used to call a killer. He didn't like to shoot people. He did it simply because it was in the day's work, was his duty, and it was for a good purpose. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. All okay, right. We're, we're moving along here. All right. When dealing with the lawless people, John Slaughter was ruthless, but he had another side, too. He met Eliza Adeline Harris, a beautiful daughter of a wealthy Texas rancher. John was 30 and ready to settle down, but the mother opposed the marriage. However, 
however, love won out, and they two were married in 1871 in San Antonio. Two of their four children died in infancy. While traveling across Arizona in 1877, John decided Texas was too crowded, and he began planning a move to Arizona. So Eliza and the children would join him there. Now, Sadly, she contracted smallpox during the trip and died mm. soon after in Phoenix. Oh the two surviving children were stricken and quarantined by the disease, but John nursed them back to health. Uh, it was just a few months before this event that one of John Slaughter's most famous gunfights occurred. His adversary was a guy, a New Mexico cattle rustler named Barney Gallagher. Oh, you remember Barney. Barney, the, and he was called the man from Bitter Creek. Really? Barney. Trouble between Bitter the, Creek Barney. Yeah. Uh, trouble between the two had been brewing ever since an argument over a game of poker. So in the fall of 1876, Slaughter caught Gallagher surveying his herd, herd of cows. And he warned the outlaw to make tracks. But a few days later, Gallagher returned and charged Slaughter. Just charged after him on, the on horse. horseback. Really? Slaughter was armed with a shotgun and two blazing forty fives. After Slaughter shot his horse out from under him, Gallagher got up and charged again. Running. <laughs> yeah. Slaughter coolly dropped him in his tracks. Gallagher's last words were, quote, I needed killing 20 years ago anyway. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was his last oh words. Oh, my goodness. Now, however, New Mexico Governor Lou Wallace saw it differently. He considered Slaughter a cattle thief, declared him number one on his wanted list, also listed was number 14, William Billy the Kid Bonnie. No so he was kidding. rated number one. Billy the Kid was only 14. Wow. Anyway, so here we go, 1879, the governor had Slaughter arrested for murder, but the cowman was released for lack of evidence, uh, and he decided it was time to leave New Mexico. Well, after the death of Eliza, John Slaughter believed he'd never marry again, but while driving cattle near the Pecos River south of Roswell, uh, Cupid struck again. This time it was 18-year-old Cora Viola Howell. Wait a minute, she's only 18? Yep. He's by this time about, about 30 40. Something. Yeah, 35, right in there. Uh, anyway, she was a beautiful daughter of a cattleman named Amazon Howell and his wife, Mary Ann. Now, her father was overjoyed at the prospect, but the future mother-in-law went into uh, hysterics. John was <laughs> twice her daughter's age and had two small children that she'd have to raise, but... Marianne, the mother-in-law, soon gave in and eventually became one of his biggest fans. Really? The marriage lasted more than 40 years. 40 years? Yeah. yeah. Now, wait a minute. Tuberculosis didn't bother him then? No, it didn't get him for whatever reason. Yeah. But anyway, you said he contracted it. Though. No, no, she did. His wife that died. Oh, I thought you said two he of his did kids. earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. But the newlyweds uh, settled first in a place called Sulphur Springs Valley, but soon moved over the San Pedro River near Tombstone and then to Charleston, where he opened a meat market. I know where that is. Okay. Sure. And at the time, the Earp cowboy feud was going strong, but Slaughter didn't take sides. Now, he had no love, however, for his neighbors, the Clantons. Mm -hmm. He'd been missing some cattle and one day caught Ike Clanton on his range. Oh, boy. Now, he warned Ike that he would kill him and his kin if it happened again. It didn't. <laughs> the rustling stopped. He stopped the Clanton gang single-handed wow. from stealing his cattle. And it took the O.K. Corral to get rid of them. Yeah. So here we are, 1886. Now he's 45 years old. 
The citizens of Cochise County elected him sheriff, an office he would hold for two terms. He could have stayed on, but felt he'd done enough, and he wanted to get back to his family and the ranch. His successor, uh, famed photographer, a guy by the name of C.S. Fly, appointed him deputy, a kind of a position of honor he held until he died in 1922 at age 81. Oh, my goodness. So he was a deputy all that time. Yeah. But anyway... Um, he purchased the old San Bernardino Land Grant Ranch in 1884, consisting of some 64,000 acres. One-third was in Arizona, the other two-thirds in Sonora, and it was blessed with plenty of water. The necessary ingredients in uh, Western ranching and a small community developed around it. Before long, an empire that would become one of Arizona's greatest ranches was running cattle on a quarter of a million acres from the Chiricahua Mountains to the Sierra Madre. Huge, huge ranch. Wow. Now, when the Apache bands raided his cattle herd, Slaughter didn't take kindly to that, and he went right into their camp. So what year was this? This would have been uh, sometime after 1886. Okay, but the Apache tribes at that time had more or less been just subdued. Well... Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. But they still were raiding his cattle. I see. Okay. So he rode right into his their camp by himself. By himself? Yeah. He didn't, John was not very smart. <laughs> well, it worked. Usually he didn't wait for them to raid his outfit. When he saw signs of their presence, he'd go on the offensive. Eventually, they avoided his ranges. Can you believe that? This guy's only 5'6". Yeah. Years later, at Fort Sill, Geronimo commented that before he died, he'd like to go back to Arizona Arizona, and kill John Slaughter. Slaughter took that as a compliment. Incidentally, Geronimo surrendered in 1886 in Skeleton Canyon, which was on Slaughter's range. No. <laughs> so, I'll be. On the other hand, Slaughter... Uh, Allowed hungry Apaches to butcher a beef when necessary. He was a he was a kind man. And oh, I could tell. You can so tell. Far, yeah. You know, but he would allow them to have a, a beef now and then. So here we go. It's 1907. Slaughter was elected the territorial legislature sla- legislator and served a single term. But ranching was his life, and he was never happier when he was at the San Bernardino with his family. So by now, you know, he's getting up in age, all right? He's getting up there. Yeah. And uh, it was catching up with John Slaughter, but he still had plenty of fight left in him. And during the Mexican Revolution, Pancho Villa's men were butchering, butchering his cattle to feed their army near a place called Agua Prieta. Mm. Prieta. Never been there. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, okay. So picture this. Slaughter grabbed his gun mounted his horse, and rode into Villa's camp. All by himself. All by himself. With fire in his eyes. (laughs) He returned home later with his saddlebags full of shiny new $20 gold pieces. You're kidding. Not even Pancho Villa was willing to tangle with the man some called the wicked little gringo. You're kidding me. (laughs) No. He rode in all by himself, and and he got paid for the cattle. Yeah. Five six. I'm glad he doesn't work for a collection agency up here. <laughs> well, we're not done, Zeb. His last battle occurred on May 4th, 1921, when he and Viola, his wife, armed with shotguns, held off several bandits who were out to rob the ranch. He was 81. 
He was 81. Holy moly, you talk about a bandy rooster. Oh, man. So Slaughter died at the age of 81 uh, the following year in Douglas, the town he helped establish. So John Slaughter was small in size but great in frontier stature. He was a lawman, a cattleman, a gunman, a gambler, businessman, pioneer, and empire builder. And it doesn't say this here, but sometimes... uh, bent things to his, uh, you know. When you were doing this story, uh, you're kind of aware and are cognizant of old Western TV series, aren't oh, you? Yeah. Just a minute, just a minute. Oh, I just bet you I'm minute. right. I bet you I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper, and I'm going to tell you which series I thought it was. All <laughs> well, right, you I got, got it tell, written down. you got to tell me who the actor was, too. Okay, here, I'm going to write it down. Okay. There's the name of the TV series. I'll bet you it is. Right? Wrong? Uh, Hi, Chaparral. No, no. Oh, my. No. Uh, well, let me finish here. Uh, so, as I said, he died. He was all those things, but he was sometimes a bit careless, like I said, about the legal niceties of the law. But it was a rough, tough country, and it took men with with what they call bark. It took men with bark. Bark, on yeah, he's got bark tame. on him. He's a tough dude. And his name will be long remembered in the annals of great westerns. But, yes. The actor, his name was Tom Tryon. Yes. And he starred in Texas John Slaughter That's right. on The Wonderful World of Disney That's right. uh, from 1958 to 1961. And uh, the actor, Tom Tryon, was well over six feet three. Okay, there's a picture. Yeah, of him. there's a picture of him. Yeah. But uh, he certainly wasn't five six. <laughs> okay. But again, you look at this picture of this guy, I mean, look at that. He's. I mean, he's armed with a cigar I in one hand, a shotgun, and yeah. his Colt forty fives, and yeah. and you know he's got a belt around him with all those shells in it. Like do you it, have a picture of his wife? I do not. You do not. But I was just it curious. Said that both uh, both of his wives were beautiful uh, women that, uh, and their fathers were successful ranchers. Well, you remember the TV series with uh, star Leif Erikson uh, played the High Chaparral? Yeah, I, I recall. That's the whole premise of why I thought that was about oh, them. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So that's the story of Texas John Slaughter. That was an interesting story. I did not know that. I did not know that he ranched in Arizona. I, I thought he stayed in Texas. Yeah. So quite a quite an amazing man. And, wow. And even to live to 81 years old, you know, back yeah. then, that was... Uh, but he was a, he was a tough. Tough, old, tough old bird, you know. <laughs> you call him that. I'm not yeah, going to. Not to his face. He'll come riding into camp all by himself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, I enjoyed I like that. that. Texas John Slaughter, five foot six, but he was a piece of dynamite. Yeah. 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 This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.